0: Welcome. This is Perspective for Parents. My name is Nick Thompson, and this is a podcast for parents of adolescents. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Here we are for the fourth and final episode in the RISE series, where we will be talking about the E in RISE, the emotional intensity. Of adolescence, And again, remember it's best to listen to these episodes in order. So if you haven't listened to the episode on risk-taking, and then the episode on identity formation, and then the episode on social reorientation, please go back and listen to those. Emotional intensity. You see any of that with your adolescence? Intensity and emotion? Reminder being... All of these things need to happen. They're not bad. Our kids, our adolescents need to take risks, form their identities, reorient socially to their peers, and experience emotional intensity. So why on the emotional intensity? Well, think about it. It's in there. It's in the Word. Emotion. To evoke motion. Number one goal of adolescence, leave the home. So yeah, evolution has hardwired our kids to be more emotional so that they will leave the home, have this intensity that allows them to take these risks that are needed to connect with their peer group so that they can survive and reproduce. So our kids need this emotional intensity. The highs are higher and the lows are lower in adolescence. When I'm giving presentations to students, I often draw like a roller coaster, like a really intense, extreme up and down roller coaster. And I say, this is kind of the the roller coaster that, that you're on. You know, the highs are super high and the lows are super low. And then I draw kind of like a really mild kind of sound wave looking thing next to it. And I go, this is the roller coaster I'm on. This is like one of those lame roller coasters in like a Safeway parking lot, you know, like the carnival shows up on a Wednesday and I'm on this sort of lame roller coaster and there's like a purple dragon and I'm sitting on it and it's all right, I guess the highs aren't that high, but the lows aren't that low. And that's often, you know, an experience of, of adulthood, not for everybody, but So try to explain to young people that this is a period of of intensity and why it needs to happen. The highs are awesome. You don't need to remind them that, like, just want you to know that the the, the reason you're feeling so great is because of the wiring and because of the brain differences in adolescence. And remember, to evoke motion. No, no. Everybody's good with, with the highs. But it's the lows that are really concerning for our young people and their parents. You don't get the intensity of the highs without the intensity of the lows. And this intensity is a part of their development. And it is due to changes in the brain. It's sort of this myth. And you'll still hear it, even from like school staff. It's like, these teenagers and their raging hormones they are just out of control. They're raging hormones. Not really. It's more about the changes in the brain. The differences in the brain. So that emotional center, which is kind of the midbrain area, limbic center, amygdala, well, that's cranked up. That's fired up in adolescence. It's like if you think about the emotional center of the brain being an engine, they have like a 600-horsepower Ferrari V12 or something. It is revved up and ready to go. But the prefrontal cortex, the frontal lobe is still under development. It's still not fully online, fully connected with the rest of the brain. And remembering that prefrontal cortex is, is the rational, it's the wise part of our brain, it deals with self-evaluation, you know, reasoning, taking on a future orientation. It's all those executive functions that we're always talking about, weighing the pros and cons, making decisions now that will serve my future self. You know, all the things that make us successful, all the things that you know make us human. You could think of this part of, of the brain as sort of the, the steering wheel and the brakes. So they got this, you know, 600 horsepower V12 engine. But the brakes and the steering are a little faulty. But that's to be expected at this part of life. That's what's going on. They're developing the brakes. They're developing the steering. They're developing their decision-making. They're developing these executive functions. And it can take time. And something kind of interesting, the thing that makes us human, um... So good at these executive functions at times is not the size of our brain, but the percentage of our brain that is prefrontal cortex. So, about 40%, I think that's right now, 40% of the human brain is like the prefrontal cortex, which is a huge part of our brain. And if you look at other animals, their prefrontal cortex are a smaller percentage of their overall brain. I think like a chimpanzee is like Uh, 13 percent and dogs like six or seven percent i don't know i might i might not have those uh those numbers right but those animals are much more driven by emotion and have less of the skills of using reason delaying gratification not making decisions based solely off of emotion i like the example like you know if a birthday cake is you know like left out in the kitchen and a dog can reach it and the dog finds the birthday cake what does the dog do (laughs) when he eats the birthday cake and how much of the birthday cake does it eat eats the whole thing you know i it's not like it takes its paw out and like just kind of like paws out cuts out like a little piece you know is that I'll just take, just take a little piece of this, just a little bit, you know save a little bit for later, and it is Ashley's birthday tomorrow, and you know that would ruin the day if I ate the whole cake. So, so no, it eats the whole thing, because they are making decisions based off of that emotional center. Now it is the human that looks at the cake and says, "Maybe no," or maybe one piece, or maybe it's not my birthday, I shouldn't touch this." So this is this interaction, this is this conversation that's constantly going on with us, is the emotions want us to do something, and then our prefrontal cortex, our best self, our our rational being, decides what is the best course of action. And in adolescence, oftentimes, the emotion wins out. That emotional intensity is so high that the prefrontal cortex, their best self, their logical self, loses the battle. And this is what we're doing every day. It's that exchange. I want to do this, uh, but that won't be good for me. My boss said this thing to, to, to me, so my uh, emotional center said, slap him. Uh, but the prefrontal cortex says, no, that's probably not a good idea. Um, you might catch a charge. Uh, you need this job. The, the dental and, and medical is really good. So, yeah, don't slap your boss. But the urge is still there, even in adulthood. We're just better at pausing and making decisions that serve our future self, that are in our best interest. Not all adults, but that's the goal. That's the goal of this adolescence thing, is learning how to feel that emotional intensity. How to go out there and use that to take risks, to create an identity, and therefore connect with a peer group. Through all of this, that intensity is needed. And they are learning to pump the brakes at times, better that steering, and end up in places and in relationships that serve them. And it takes time. And that prefrontal cortex that's steering in the brakes, it sort of has a now you see it, now you don't" feel to an adolescence. You see great decision-making one day. And the next day, not so much. Young people are more impacted by conditions in their decision-making than adults. Those conditions being being tired, feeling intense emotions, being under the influences of substances, having their peers present. They're more impacted by those conditions. When I say impacted, I mean that their emotional intensity goes up and their prefrontal cortex, their healthy, rational, logical decision-making, that gets turned down. So it's not that our young people can't make great decisions. It's that they need ideal conditions. They need to be well-rested. They need to not have their peers present when making you know big decisions. They need to not be under the influence of alcohol and drugs when making big decisions. Alright, so when you see that emotional intensity, please try to understand where it's coming from, why it's there, how this is a period where that intensity is needed. To wrap things up, I hope, you know, I hope going over each of these four things was helpful. And remembering that it's healthy, it's necessary, is so important that our youth take risks, go through that identity formation process, reorient socially to their peer group, and experience emotional intensity. These things need to happen. And I'm telling you, that understanding can really change your perspective and therefore change how you parent your child. We know, we know that good parenting, that good anything comes from a place of understanding. And when you better understand why these characteristics, these traits are there, you don't need to overreact. You don't need to go to a place of fear. You don't need to go to a place of uncertainty. But you can use the lens, the perspective of understanding to remain connected to your child when they need you the most adolescence. Thank you for listening. If you found this podcast useful, please subscribe, rate, review, and share with a friend. If you would like to find more information about this podcast or my upcoming presentations, please check out my website, perspectiveforparents.com. Spelled out, that's Perspective, the number four, parents.com. Thanks again.